Welcome to Strong Opinion Hibs Podcast. This is episode 29. As always, I'm Jack and I'm joined by Calvin and Charlie. How are we doing, lads? The hangover's no too bad for celebrating the 0-0, eh? Is oh, man. I've only just recovered, eh? I was a eh, 14 crates of beer on Sunday after that famous 0-0 victory at Tynecastle, eh? So, I, oh, um, the headache's just disappeared now, so I doing all right, mate, apart <laughs> from that. <laughs> I tell you something, it wasn't too long ago there was another team in Edinburgh that uh, pitch invaded after scoring an equaliser at Easter Road. So, and, um, and also released I, a beer in memory, I said goal. Uh, so, yeah, uh, absolutely, Kevin's man. Uh, I, I, I woke up in Robbie Nielsen's garage, eh? But um, <laughs> then he asked me how that happened. But um, I will just we'll get the show on the road. And the, obviously, we're starting off with um, Hibs Women, an excellent 4 0 away win against the Well at Alliance Park. Um, on Sunday, so after the 0 0 win, I mean, draw against who? Um, against who, Jack? Yeah, she's fine. Against the Motherwell. Not this again. We can't have this every week. So anyway, um, against a certain team from Lanarkshire that plays in Orange and Claret. Um, 4 0 win against them at um, Alliance Park. Um, so I think you know, a very, very good performance, first of all. But to be expected, you know, Motherwell, aren't they? You know, one of the mm-hmm. top sides in the SWPL. They have improved, um, they have strengthened their squad, but we are still, you know, a class apart for them. And I think it was great to see, first of all, the first talking point, and you can um, feel free to jump in on this, is the rotated squad. Um, I think that shows our strength and depth. Um, certainly, you know, we had a lot of chopping and changing, players getting taken out, players getting put in. And I think that's really good to see because Dean's obviously experimenting, seeing what... Um, combinations work in the squad and we can still get big wins even with a rotated squad so I think that's good that he's resting certain players up because we've got a run of three very tough games coming up um, Celtic, Hearts and Rangers all in a row so three very big games there. so it's good to see a bit of a rotated squad against Motherwell mm-hmm. um, at the weekend there so is there anything you'd want to say about that boys um, about the rotated squad um, um, on you go Calvin. you go mate all right. Uh, I was going to say I was I was surprised to see him rotate at second game in, but understand obviously why we you know the big three games coming up. Like you said, Jack. Um, I like. I mean, to rotate the squad and still put four past them. That's a decent, decent squad we've got. Um, which we knew that going into this season anyway. So, I I was um was delighted to see that they scored uh, four, not as many as you thought, Jack. But um, but it's all right. We'll we'll save them for the Hertz right. in a few weeks' time. Eh? So. That's all right. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, I, was just, I was just going to say as well, I think um, I'm obviously learning a lot more about the women's game as well as we're covering them each week and things like that. I'm really enjoying it. But I think, um, like you were saying, like the squad depth seems to be, you know, really, really good. I'm really impressed with the striking depart- department as well. I think there's a lot of goals in the team and, um, you know, they're coming from all over as well. And it's it, it's good to get along. I watch them. And I tell you what, we're going to go to the Edinburgh Derby uh, no this weekend, but next weekend, mate, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Like, I'm really, really looking forward to it. Uh, it's going to be a heck of a show. Uh, it's going to be. Definitely. Um, obviously, talking about the squad, it was great to see um, Shannon McGregor back in the squad on the bench. Obviously, mm-hmm. she's had quite a tough time of it in the past year. There's been... Um, things going on off the pitch um, um, and then she had quite a tragic loss within the family um, which I'm sure every, you two will join me in saying that we're, our thoughts are with her um, mm-hmm. after that and then she's also had her problems with injuries as well so I think it's great to see Shannon back in the squad and um, getting back to that level where Dean feels she's match fit and can be put on the bench so it's 
great to see um, Shannon McGregor back. And then we're just looking, you know, jumping into the game after that. So like I said, it's nice to see you back, Shannon. Um, jumping into the game after that, um, obviously it took a wee while to get off the ground. Um, it was it sort of took a wee while to heat up, but then Rachel Boyle um, got our first good goal, cross. and it was a beauty. Hi, uh, good, good cross indeed, Rachel Boyle. Good cross, guy. Say that I on Twitter. He said that Martin, good Martin cross. being a cheeky boy. I think Martin had to sleep on the couch that night. Eh? <laughs> probably like 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 Rachel says, well, Jimbo, she should probably take notes. Hi. Aye, well, I think Rachel, it, was it intentional? Well, well, uh, that's up for debate, but still very good that it found the back of the net. And obviously Rachel's in top form. She's just been called up to the Scotland squad to replace injured Caroline Weir. So what are your thoughts on that? I'll go to Calvin first. What are your thoughts on Rachel getting called up to Scotland? I think it's superb. I think it's probably well-deserved. The, the couple last couple of weeks we've been watching her, you know, she's been playing really, really well. And I think she's been playing for quite a number of years now as well. And she's definitely solidified herself in that squad. But... I know she's been there for a short period of time. What is it, four or five years now? And, yep. you know, you can tell a lot of the girls respect her and look up to her as well, and I think it's probably long overdue. Um, and I think a man should be in the Scotland squad as well for, for, for the national team. But, no, it's always good to see um, anyone related to Hibs in the national team. And it is, it's good as well because it's definitely made me keep an eye out on the national team now. I know Joel was in the squad and things like that before, but yeah, definitely keep an eye on that and see how that progresses. So I'm really looking forward to that. Aye, no, that is good to see Rachel there. And obviously she's had a fantastic start to the season. She's the vice captain as well. So yeah, yeah. she's got that sort of respect for the players. And obviously Dean feels that she's um, capable of that responsibility because Joel, um, when she was suspended for the Kilmarnock game, Rachel had the armband for that. And Rachel... Um, really proved herself as captain and she's been a great captain when Joel's not been able to play. Um, and then another one, sort of, just before we talk about the game a bit more, is looking at our goalkeeper situation, which is really good and much better to the situation we had last season. It, um, Emily Much replacing Gabby English for that game. I think it's really good because Emily Much is on her own um, last season because we did have Sophie Allison, but she didn't really make the grade if you like I know that sounds a bit harsh but mm -hmm. we um, ended up loaning her out to Glasgow girls and then they made it permanent um, so it's great to see us have two goalkeepers that are really good both in their own ways but on it was good to see Emily much keep her um, first clean sheet so I'll go to Charlie for that one what did you think of um, us having two really good goalkeepers Aye, it's good, mate. Um, it's nice that you know we've only conceded two competitive goals all season. Um, you know, again, the two coming when we beat Dundee United 10 2. So, you know, the goalkeeping department for the women's team is a strong one, and uh, it's nice to see that we can rotate it and uh, be comfortable with the keeper that's coming in. So, I long may that continue in my book, in my books. Mm. Absolutely, good the depth, the Absolutely. depth of the goalkeeper is good as well because. It's quite a surprise to see, you know, Gabby on the bench, to, to be honest with you, because from what I've seen, she's been a standout so far, like really, really good. And uh, it's good as well, though, that the Strongs that squad, that they can rotate it, because then, it'll, you know, if everyone's getting a game, they're more inclined to stay. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, it brings a sort of good good sense of community in and around the team and things like that. So, no, I'm all for it as well. I think no. it's really good, mate. I think both Gabby and Emily um, sort of proved there's life after um, uh, Jenna Fife. Because, obviously, if you've been following the women's team for a long time, you'll know about Jenna Fife. She used to be one of the best goalkeepers in Scotland. Um, and when she got let go, or when she went to Rangers, sorry, um, 
I definitely thought, you know, we're going to have a problem replacing her, a bit like, I suppose, Rocky and Matt Macy. But I definitely think both Emily and Gabby, Emily more so, have really stepped up to the plate. I think Emily much got brought in as a backup to Sophie Allison and ended up um, taking over as the first-choice goalkeeper. I think Gabby English, like Calvin was saying, is really fantastic. She's a great goalkeeper. Um, so it's great to see us have um, that depth in that position. And just talking about the depth in the squad in general. And obviously, um, going over to the match, again, Carla Boyce opening her account for the season. It's great to see, again, we keep talking about depth, but, uh, you know, that shows our attacking threat, the wealth of attacking threat we have, that um, Carla Boyce coming in, she's obviously taking a wee bit of a step back for Ailey Adams and Alexa Coyle. It's great to see um, Carla getting onto the pitch, um, getting some minutes and scoring as well. So I'll uh, let you feel this one, Calvin. What do you think, um, seeing Carla get on and score and um, knowing that we've got you know, Ailey, um, Alexa and Carla all in that position? Well, I said earlier, I mean, the striking department's a good one. I mean, 20 goals in you know, two games, a couple, couple of games ago was good and I, I think this week I was kind of surprised because I was following along on the Twitter and I thought, hey, have they not scored yet? Because they scored early quite often. Um, mm. And no, it's a very strong position and it, it's almost too strong a position, I would say, where I feel like Alexa and uh, I was really impressed with Gallagher when we went along. We went along to the, the Sterling Uni game. I thought she was superb. Alexa's more like a fox in the box. Like, you know, really, really can just get on the end of something, but she can also make... make Things happen enough then, like she gets a pass and she'll turn one or two players and go on. Like she's also got that like American vibe around her as well, like very positive, like all the time. Um and yeah, it was quite it was funny. I was watching an interview with you and she referred to herself as a hib <laughs> instead of like a high she said, Yeah, I'm a, you know, I'm a hib now and I was like, Yeah, it's good. It's good the American. The American quite good, yeah. But no, I think it's a very strong, strong department yeah. and I, I I almost wonder if it's too strong because Hopefully they can, they can rotate them all and get them all game time. But no, it's very impressive, I must say. It is difficult. You know, I, I do agree with you that sometimes like you can be too strong. And that department will say, Adams, she's still young. She's going to want the first team opportunities at her age. So you don't know if you lose Ailey Adams and then you've got, you know, Adi Hanley's just left. Um, to We don't know where she's went, but Adi Hanley's just left to search more first team opportunities because we've got... Um, that much, but I still think it's really good. And you've got the different types of player, like you were saying. And then I think the two ex Motherwell players that we've got in the squad, um, Katie Rice and um, Aaron Rennie, got minutes against the old team as well. I thought they were both really good. But I think, yeah, we talk about the game sort of uh, taking a week while to heat up. I do think it's because Motherwell are quite solid at the back mm. and they did sit in for quite a wee while. And then eventually you just broke them. And then you know, um, Kirsty Morrison and Amy uh, Muir were get, got other goals. I want to talk about Amy Muir first. Amy Muir's been really, really good, and you don't expect a fullback to um, score that many goals, but she has been really good for us. Ever since we got her in from Rangers a few seasons ago, she's been really, really good and has developed into one of the best fullbacks in Scotland, I'd argue. So I'll let Charlie speak about this one. What have you thought of Amy Muir so far this season? She's had a really impressive start um, and has certainly been a standout for me as she has been in previous seasons yeah mate um obviously i've not been in person to watch them yet but um obviously that'll change in a few weeks when we go to the derby but from what i've seen like watching the highlights on bbc um every week she seems like she's well she's definitely one of the standout players on that team and uh you know is it left back she plays jack 
Aye, so you know, it reminds me a wee bit of like Josh Doig, almost like came out of nowhere and has made that position our own, and is just really staking a claim for the be- one of the better players in the team. So I am really, really impressed with what I've seen of her so far. Yeah, definitely. No, it's funny enough she's like Josh Doig, but it should be something about being blonde makes you a good uh, left <laughs> But um, no, I, I do think that um, Amy's been fantastic. Yeah, really. Um, great performance. That's us uh, top of the league. We are top of the league. Say we are top of the league. Wait, Jack. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Is that is that us? Are we morally top or are we actually top? Well, I don't know because um, we've only played Spurs, Motherwell, eh? so <laughs> Glasgow. Well, Glasgow are morally Glasgow have morally to dropped points. <laughs> Glasgow have morally dropped points, and so have Rangers and Celtic. They've morally dropped points Aye. as well. So, um, no, nah, two, two wins out of two. Um, scored seven and conceded zero in the league, and I think. Going into the game against Celtic, I do think that's the real acid test um, for the squad because Celtic are really impressive. Obviously, they came second and gave Glasgow a really good run for their money in the title race last season. So that is going to be a big acid test for the squad because that Celtic side will not show any mercy. You, you can't mm. make mistakes. Against, not that we will. We can't make mistakes against that Celtic team. And it's going to be a big test, but I am not. it's a test that the girls will be up for. Mm. Um, I know one they'll take head on, so obviously that's a way against Celtic. Um, next week, but I really think we've started the season brightly and I said it last week, but we have the ability to be up there challenging it, and why not? Why can we no do the treble this season? Why can't yeah, we win the Scottish Why don't we win the Scottish Cup? Why don't we win the league? I think we're really capable of it, or at least in the league getting that second spot and getting Champions League football. You know, we're more than capable of that, but we've got the squad, so I think before we move on, I've got to say um, we'll sum it up in one word. I'm going to say superb Calvin. Top. Charlie. Or first. <laughs> uh, smashed. As in they smashed them, eh? Right, Come on, that's good. So, well done to the girls. Fant- another fantastic performance. And we look forward to coming along to the Derby and good luck against Celtic away next week because oh. that's a big, big game. Hopefully we can take a few points off of Celtic. If I can get the win, at least get a draw and um, show that we're going in the right direction because we did struggle against the old firm last season and the um, Glasgow City. So hopefully we can get the um, good result against Celtic there because it's going to be a tough one. So moving on to the derby, I think, well, where, where do we start? First of all, I think there's only one place um, to start and that is Matt Macy. Fantastic performance out the big man. And I think we're talking about goalkeepers and we're talking about life after goalkeepers. Well, I think Macy, I'm stealing this for um, the Edinburgh Evening News, so sorry, Pat, I'm stealing <laughs> your um, line here. But there is life after Marciano. I think Macy put in a really good performance. And if you want to endear yourself to the fans, then saving us, saving our bacon quite a few times in the Edinburgh Derby is the way to do it. So I'll go to Charlie. First, what do you think of Macy's performance at Swinecastle on Sunday? Uh, it, was, it was a surprise that he was that good to be honest uh, I, I, you know we've seen, how many times have we seen it goalkeepers playing well and they go to Tynecastle and they have an absolute calamity um, yeah. so I yeah, was yeah. I was uh, delighted um, it's, I saved when he who was it that had it the boy that put it really low I thought it was going in Mackay Stephen Mackay Stephen maybe I can't mind. Must- Did, didn't he really pay much too much attention to the game? Yeah, I was watching it through my fingers for the most part. Um, by a few cracking saves and he commanded his box, which I, I think I feel like we're a bit of a broken record when we talk about Messi. But he is he commands his box excellently, um, and that's something that we've not really seen for a while. A keeper, so I over the moon with his performance, and hopefully you know that 
hopefully is the kickstarter for him having a good season. Um, and I really do think that mm-hmm. he is as good as Marciano already, maybe better. Yeah, definitely. Um, so before I go to Calvin, I've just got to say, I think he's got some of the qualities that Marciano didn't have um, that you would look for in a goalkeeper. He's got, Hi. he offers something different. Hi. And we're, we're still going to debate about how tall he is as well. So <laughs> is it 6'7", is it 6'8"? It seems to go up every time. So Calvin, what did you think of uh, Macy's performance? Um, I think I said that a couple, a couple of months ago in the podcast when, when Rocky left. I said, you know, Rocky Marciano, Rocky Marciano, Christ, off your Mar- Marciano, um, was the first goalie in a long time at Easter Road. It was the best goalie I've ever seen at Easter Road uh, in terms of longevity, but first time in a long time that I'd ever seen a goalkeeper at the end, come the end of the season, you could say, aye, he, he actually single-handedly won us at least, you know, at least 12 points, 10, 12 mm-hmm. points uh, with some of the performances he pulled off. And I think it's the same with Macy at the weekend there. I think we'll look back and we'll think, well, like, to be honest, that was a much better result for us than it was for them. Oh, I like, oh, first Edinburgh Derby, it's in your own backyard, and all the fans are back. Do you know what I mean? Uh, mm. It was, it was definitely like I said last week. I thought they going in it, they had to be the favourites, purely based, purely based on that. Um, and that's, that's an intimidating place to go. Do you know what I mean? And I think in terms of being able to put on that type of performance, just showed the qualities he had. It probably shows the qualities as to why he was hanging about at Arsenal. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um. Not a laugh at Arsenal because Arsenal are obviously still a very, very good team, but uh, it shows you can definitely see what they've seen in them. And like I said, I do, I do think we'll look back and this will definitely be we'll put this down to, you know, we, we, I'm not going to say I don't want to be too critical on us because I think definitely we could have took all three points. And um, but then again, I think we, with some of the saves he pulled off, we could quite easily have lost points or took a draw. So I, I definitely think he, he, he's. Definitely kept us up the top end of the table in the right in the right position because I think if we'd lost that derby, I think a lot of folk, um, you know, I think they would have been calling for Ross's head and that maybe went in the Swanee a wee bit. So, no, I think he's I think he's definitely more, more than played his part this week. Definitely, no, I completely agree with that. I think in terms of like the performance, I just think you know it was a game of two halves and it, Hearts. We we started quite brightly, then Hearts got their way into that, and then the second half was basically the same. You know, until Hearts made their substitutions, Robbie Nielsen made one of his ingenious tactical decisions where they started sitting a bit too deep again, and then we sort of came onto them a bit, and then we started sitting too deep. So I just think, you know, Rob, it was typical Robbie Nielsen football at times for them. At the same time, us, it was our typical how we can be a wee bit too negative sometimes. But mm-hmm. you know, and, and on the point, I think it's good you brought that up. I definitely think it's a better point for us than it is for them because 100%. they come uh, of course up. It is. They, they're at home. Now, bearing in mind, they've not got a good record at us uh, at that dump um, at the big Maroon bus stop. For um, They've not got a bit of good record against us there. Um, uh, it's pink. It's no Maroon. With a staircase to nowhere as well. <laughs> no, they've not fixed that, mate. <laughs> they've been nicking the poppy tins as well. I didn't see any of them. About right, that's enough of that. Anyway, I'll get shot. But um, I think the, the point is, like, I've made my, I've distracted myself now. But anyway, the, the point is about it that, you know, I think it was in their backyards, first derby with fans back, first derby back in the Premiership for them. You know, it's, it was a bigger occasion for them than it was for us. Um, and we got the point. And I think I'll, I'll take that because we're still unbeaten there in quite a few games. 
Yeah. It used to be a town castle used to be a ground that we went to and you used to dread going, but now I think it's like, well, we're guaranteed at least a point for here now. And I think that is confident. Well, yes, but that's maybe just the drink for the celebration club, <laughs> but, yeah. um, No, but I definitely think that it was a good um I think it was a, a decent performance from us, and I'll take it. Now, the next talking point for the derby, for me, is uh, Robbie Nielsen. <laughs> Robbie Nielsen's comments. Now, I'm going to start on this one and say, I don't think he's in any place to make comments like that, especially after you know, certain events at Dundee United. And, um, what were his comments? That's for some folk who haven't heard them. So, obviously, I think it was Edinburgh. Like the Hibs fans going to celebrate. The Hibs players celebrate with their fans. Celebrating a 0-0 draw, it shows the um, difference in mentality. Now, like I said, Robbie Nielsen was literally going mental because they got to 0-0 against a 10-man team and then they lost in a penalty shootout. And he was, and then what was it? When he bottled a 2 lead at home, it was a money-spinning replay. Well, they lost that and all. So I don't think Robbie Nielsen's in the place to make those comments. And I just think managers really should they be mudslinging like that. Leave it to the fans. You know, you shouldn't or leave it to the players. Managers have got to you know, keep a degree of professionalism in that sort of situation. I just think those comments are really petty. I think maybe he's upset that the, the Jambos all sort of rushed for the exits um, at the end, you know, whilst our players get, you know, come out and good doing that to the fans to say thank you for um, paying a pretty penny to come and watch them at an away ground. That's no celebrating. That's uh, called the doing the right thing and showing a wee bit of appreciation. Uh, but I think Robbie Nielsen's comments were just unnecessary. I think a bit petty as well, if I'm being honest. So I'll come to Charlie first. What did you think of Robbie Nielsen's comments? He just talks a power of shite, doesn't he? Uh, right. uh, like, you're right, Jack. That was the two things I was going to say. Like the the funniest one was that money spinning replay one. Okay, it's a money spinning replay you got pumped in, uh, and then like. But then he was, did Robin Nielsen no run on the pitch when Osterk scored that goal to celebrate? Or like, yeah, he, was very, he was very, very close to doing it with his technical staff. So, like, he celebrated a draw. I know it was a different circumstance when it was 1 1, but they celebrated a draw at Easter Road. They released a beer named, I can't mind what it was called, but it was after Osterk's goal. And, like, how, what do you want? Like, what do you want us to do? Like, walk off the pitch and no acknowledge the fans? Of course. Of course, the players want to acknowledge the fans. It'd be the same. Mm. It'd be the same if they got a nil nil Easter Road. They'd be, uh, they'd be celebrating. Aye, and and I saw some fans on some Hearts fans saying Hibs done a lap of honour. I didn't think that uh, they get told what a lap of honour is in their schools in Gorgie. Like I didn't think education's made it that They've far. Never like, done a lap of honour. Aye, Hearts have like what I'm. I'm just confused by the comments. Hey, like they're a bit petty, and it's exactly what you expect for them. Um, exactly. And I think yeah, it was yeah. it was just funny. Like he just it was like hot air was just coming out of his mouth and the honey importance was coming he out. He was throwing his toys yeah. at the pram as well, to be honest. But I think there's it's different types of hearts fans that make comments like that because I, I did see a few, there's a few um, that I know that are friends of mine and other hearts accounts that I saw saying you you know, actually sticking up for us and saying the players did what any other team would do. So it is different types of hearts fans. I'm not gonna tar them all with the same brush. Because there is a few sensible ones, just do unfortunately. It, do <laughs> just do it, Jack. They're all, they're like, all hairs bastards. I'm not, I've, I've, I've got um, I've, my uncle Roy's a jambo, so I'm not going to say too much about it. <laughs> but um, I definitely think it's like, unfortunately, it's a bit like Rangers where the Egypts always sort of 
Yeah, way the sensible folk, if you see what I mean. <laughs> but I just think that like petty underhand comments and yeah, they needing it at all. They needing it at all. Uh, but the next, we'll move away from that because we don't know what. I have to just jump in there. Oh, get Calvin. Sorry, I forgot about you, Calvin. Uh, well, you <laughs> I can, but uh, no, I would say I couldn't. Uh, I find it hard to bring myself to say a bad word about Robbie Nielsen because that man helped Hibs win the cup. That's very true. Yeah, I mean? that's so true. I think he's, uh, Thank you, that, Robbie. That man gave us some of the best, the best days of our life. Not only one with the two-two draw, but the replay as well. So the man's a hero in my eyes, and Definitely. you know I. Uh, Absolutely adore him, so thank you very much, Robbie. And, uh, <laughs> thank you, Robbie. Dry, dry your eyes, mate. No, no, I, I think the final word on that for me is just grow up, Robbie. Get it up, Because Craig Levine, even Craig Levine wasn't that pathetic. I he, was. He made oh, that stupid oh, thing. Do you mind, do you mind Craig? No, it's a laugh, eh? Do you mind Craig Levine said that in natural order? The next derby we pumped them 2 0 Easter Road. Get it up, yay! <laughs> so anyway, we'll get um, we'll uh, move on. And the last talking point for the derby is obviously um, Jack Ross's substitutions. Mm-hmm. And I actually thought, to be fair, I know Gogic has not endeared himself to people, but I thought he actually did quite a good job. When he came on, um, sort of, I know we shouldn't have been playing a deep line player when you're sort of chasing a game, but at the same time, we provided that solidity <clears> because I thought we were beginning to get overrun in midfield a bit towards the end there as well. So I think it was the right call, but I do want to see more of Scotty Allen. But I saw in one of the Facebook groups somebody made a very good point that said, You know, Scotty, because of his health problems, never going to be at full fitness. So maybe Jack Ross is protecting him, but um. I think Gogic was the right call in the end because we're beginning to get overrun in midfield. And I know it's not what you want to do when you're 0-0. <clears throat> you want to be chasing a game. You want to be really going for the win. But when you're getting overrun in midfield because you don't want to get overrun in midfield, you lose the ball in midfield, you've lost half the battle straight away. So I'll come to Calvin first. What did you think of Jack Ross's substitutions in the derby? And was there anything you would have done any better? Uh, yeah, I... I try not to be negative about the team in general because obviously there's there's no well you know you're entitled to your opinion in that but I, I try and tend to look at things in a positive light and I do think that when he brought Gogic on I thought he's obviously happy we're no no draw here and I can see why the point away to think of was a good result um, in terms of the circumstances i.e. you know first derby they're all back they've got three full stands we've got one full stand they're at home the advantages to them so Coming away with a nil now, a point, still undefeated, you can't grumble. Um, however, I do remember a couple chances for the Gogic on the edge of the box that he chested down and he had a shot. And he almost scored both of them. But I did have flashbacks of the I was at the game at Easter Road, must have been the 2-0 game when McLaren scored. Ball bounces, comes to the edge of the box, Scott Allen takes it down on his chest, boom, right in the back of the net. Uh, I did have flashes of that, and I just wondered. Had he been included there instead, could it could could have we could have we won that? And it's a difficult argument because you're right, we don't know Scott Allen's health um, and what it's like. But at the same time, I mean, he went away and he played for Inverness and he played them every game ninety minutes for Inverness. Do you know what I mean? Like, what what yeah. is? Can he no day ten minutes? He can't do ten minutes, then he shouldn't be on the bench. Do you know what I mean? It's a, I it's that. a difficult one because for me, Scott Allen is one of the best players we've got. On his day, absolutely. Without a doubt, without a shadow of my mind, he's, he's absolutely brilliant. Uh, the passes he can 
see that nobody else is saying it unlocks the defences and that is, you know, just what we need. And Hearts didn't like it when, when teams get the ball down and they pass and they play a bit of football, you know. Uh, too too often Hibs go to Tynecastle and they play the long ball, the football. And I say that to my mates all the time, but my mates say, Hibs are horrendous, man, the way they play in that. And I say, no, 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 I say, honestly, go watch us play the other 10 teams in the league. We get the ball down and we pass it, we pass it wide, we pass it inside, we make chances. We actually play really like free flowing attack and attractive football. The minute we play Hearts, it's get to Hanlon or one of the right or left backs, it's a long diagonal up the field. And I don't know why they do it. Oh, there's always to like a five foot striker who's playing up against two six foot, seven foot centre backs. And it's crazy, man. But no, I think Scott Allen, um, in terms of a sub, I'd like to have seen him introduced because I think I watched it. it for me, it was the first RB I didn't watch. I just couldn't, couldn't bring myself to watch it. I just felt so sick in the morning. I was so worried about it. And no being there as well was just really hard. I find them really hard to watch on the telly. So I sort of took the dog out for a walk and just tried to let time pass and no, no, get as nervous about it. And I came back and I watched the last 20 minutes and I thought Hibs was the better team. Far more He's like Nisbet's chance that flashed past the post is like twisting volley. Uh, it was volley with the back to goal. That was superb, man. Um, if that had went in, that would have been one of the derby goals that I've best done. Uh, but no, I, I agree with everything you've just said there. But I definitely think, you know, you've always got to look at a manager has got to think along the lines of what will please the fans and what's tactically, um, you know, what's tactically more sensible. And unfortunately, yeah. you know, as a manager, he's got to look at it, like what's the tactically more sensible decision. And I think in that situation, like I said, we're beginning to get overrun a bit in midfield. We're beginning to struggle to deal with him in midfield a bit. So I think Gogic was the right call. But I would have wanted to see Alan because he would have scored. He could have scored a goal. He could have won us uh, that game. But it is what it is. You know, you want to win games, but I'll take it. So mm-hmm. I'll get Charlie's thoughts on that. What did you think of the um, substitutions? And would you have done any, any um, differently? I want to touch on, before I touch on the subs, I want to touch on James Scott a wee bit quickly. Um, and yeah, I, want to, yeah. I want to say that that was comfortably the worst performance I've seen for James Scott on a hip stop. And that's, I'm not being negative about him um, in the oh, slightest, yeah, but yeah. I don't think that was the game for James Scott to, not, to play. Not at all. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a hard one because I do rate James Scott. I really, really do rate him. But I, it's, at Timecastle, he's not going to... You can't, like, I think he's the type of player that's a bit slower in his approach to the game. Um, and you can't be like that at Tynecastle. You need to be fast. Um, but, I mean, obviously that's the, the biggest game he's played for Hibs. And uh, he got taken off at halftime. So, obviously, Jack Russ wanted to change it. Um, going to the sub, originally I was like, why is he not bringing Scott Allen on? Because uh, you, you remember the derby a couple of years ago at Christmas time, Scott Allen set Boyle up twice. Uh, or the first one, at least. I, I can't imagine who set the second uh, one. Was a oh, was that. Both, mate, was both. But, like, you can, that's the type of player that Scott Allen is, and he's shown it in derbies. Uh, but, Gogic, you're right, Jack. We were getting overran in the midfield um, going into half time. Um, and then I think Gogic solidified it, and he almost scored a couple of chances, like you like you're mentioned, Calvin. Um, but with 10 minutes to go and we're still not, no, I would have thrown Scott Allen on personally. Oh, um, no, I would have, I would have taken off, I, don't, I can't even remember who played midfield. Who was in centre mid with Gogic? I would have kept McGuinness on because he had a brilliant game. But you can, like, you, you can sacrifice somebody to bring Scott Allen on, eh? Aye, 100%. Like, you no, can I you can sacrifice... A, well, Dre Wright came on before Scott Allen came on. Can I say that's, 
see that's it. Like Scotland should be on before Jay Wright, but definitely, I agree. Like, that's that's the type of substitution that yeah. we should be looking at. And be like Scott Allen's better than Jay Wright, so he should be on. But definitely, I uh, it's it's I, I mean it's a fr- it was a frustrating sub at the time, but now I now having watched the second half and I understand why he brought him on. Gogic played well. Um, I don't think he had a bad half. Um, All but, right. But it's, it's, you know, I don't think Scott Allen's got a future at Hibs, to be honest with you. I think he'll be away in January. Um, he was almost away a few weeks yeah, ago when we tried to get, try get McGrath exactly. in. So I, 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 I think it's he's... Catch 22. Right, yeah. I'll, I'll just jump in with this point, John. I think it's kind of a catch 22 because, see, if you put oh, Scott Allen on, right, we're getting over running the midfield a wee bit, right, but when we get the ball doing and play, like, we're a better team than Hearts. Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Every day of the week, right? I've never seen Hibs and Hearts both get the ball down on the deck, pass it, and Hibs be the worst team. Never ever seen it, right? But I feel like, had they brought Scott Allen on last 10, 15 minutes, right? And we go out more attacking, so we're going for it, and we're actively trying to win the game, and we lose a goal at the other end, and we lose. And we lose having tried to actually go out and win the game, rather than bringing Gogic on and seeing a nil-nil, like, it's a cash way too for him because I think the fans have got to be unhappy by the way. Do you know what I mean? Like, what if fans will say, oh, I should have brought... Like, we're saying, Ken, we're saying, I never brought Scott Allen on and waiting for it. Do you know what I mean? Like, what happens if you do that and you, and you do lose it? Or if Aye. you bring Gogic on and you get a, you get a you know, draw, like it's... Yeah, it's mean, It's a tough one, mate. It's a tough one. But I think... Uh, um, I think... No, so... It's a good, it's a good that, point. Aye, definitely, definitely. So that's the um, derby. So we're still um, morally above them in the league. Um, so there we go. Um, so moving on very quickly, we um, St Mirren preview. So or when I say St Mirren, what I really mean is Paisley Hibernian. But um, <laughs> <laughs> so um, we're taking on our development squad at Easter Road. So we are second place. They're tenth. We are unbeaten. They're still yet to pick up a win, which means uh, congratulations on your victory. So, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, I think I think if I was Jim Goodwin, I'd deliberately make them all play terribly so that we didn't get interested in them. Aye. So I think we'll quickly run through this, and I'll get I'll give my thoughts first. Is I think it's a game that, considering our home form so far against you know these sorts of teams, look at us what we've done to Ross County and Levy. It's a game we should be comfortably winning. Um, I think yeah. we've got the ability. I'd love to see GDH and McGinnis uh, do St Mirren and just to make them cry a wee bit. Um, but I, I definitely think um, we're going to get a confident result um, because St Mirren haven't been that all that great um, so far this season. We've, you've seen the odd wee flashes at them, but they've not been anything special. So I definitely think we'll get a confident um, result. My starting eleven, I think I would stick with a <clears> um, four-two-three-one. I, I like that um, for this game. I think if you've got so I'd start off with Nisbet, you know, playing through the middle. Um, that top up top striker, that's fine. I think Nisbet would really, um, you know, cause it in a lot of problems. Then out wide, I'm not really too sure what I'd do. It wide, I think it's the sort of game that um, Mackay deserves a wee run out in. Um, I definitely would like to see Mackay play um, in Boyle, and then just the sort of midfield. I would like to see Scotty Allen get a start, to be honest, in that sort of attacking midfield position. And then obviously our sort of usual midfield apart from that JDH is your sort of like box to box midfielder and at the back, I just think go away our usual back line. Although I would like to see Wood start. I, I know a lot of people say, Oh, but Hanlon Porches. 
I drop one of them and he would have started. I think he'd be really good in that sort of game. And it's good to sort. It's a good way to sort of ease them in to Scottish football, if you like. Because St Mirren are one of those sides. You know, St Mirren can be very physical um, at times. I think it'd be good for Wood to sort of get to grips with um, playing a team like St Mirren. So I would like to see Wood play or even like him come off the bench. And then I'm going to go with my score prediction. I'm going to say two 0 Hibs, and I'm going to say um, Nisbet and Boyle are our scorers in that game. So. Same as the Levy game. I think it's going to be 2-0, very similar pattern yeah. to the Levy game, and Nisbet Boyle will get the goals. And just before I sort of go into your thoughts, the new screens will be getting a run out in that game as well. I think they're really, really smart. It's great that we're sort of modernising Easter Road, that we've got that facility, because the scoreboard in the South Stand's nowhere near good enough. Um, I don't think. It's really hard to see, and it's really like old-fashioned <laughs> as well. So it's great to have the screens. I'm really looking forward to seeing um, I, what, what they're showing on them. But uh, I'll get Calvin's thoughts first. What um, do you expect of us in that St Mirren game watching the screens? Well, just firstly about the screens, the best bit about the old scoreboard is it comes on and it'll say like Hibs 1, Rangers 0 or whatever and then it takes it away like that and then it comes back with the next team and then you're sitting there like saying it'll maybe come up Aberdeen and you're like 1, 1, 1, 1 and your mate's like 2, 2, 2, 2 and it's nil, and you're like ah and then nah, it's that, the next team below it comes and you're trying to guess what the score is like I'll miss that. That was good. I used to fill up my half time. <laughs> um, uh, so we used to do that. That was before you could really get like 3G on the phone and all that. We used to do that at half time, me and my cousins and that and whatever. Uh, so I missed that. But no, hopefully, they, I, was, I was thinking about this today. I wonder if they'll put kind of gifts up on the scoreboard. Oh, oh and kind of Twitter gifts where it's like boy always top up and that. Because if I was doing that, that would be brilliant. Eh? And it would be nice to get some like tweet in, Ken. Tweet the Hibs where you are at the stadium and that, and you and your pal can get a selfie and send it into Hibs at Twitter at Hibs or whatever, and then they could put it on the screen and that. That would be pretty cool. I'd like that. Um, I think there's quite a lot you could do with that. Um, rather than just maybe quite similar to the Hamden one, Ken, it comes up with the, the start of lineup at the start. and you know, right. Pretty cool. Like, I'd like that a lot. Um you know what I'll be doing the rounds? It'll be a new scoreboard that you throw in the first picture. It'll be like St. Mirren 5, Hibs 1 or something <laughs> like that. Eh? Uh, you can just see it. But no, um, I think the St. Mirren game will be a real test. I think it'll be a real test to see, like, not a predictor of how the season will go, but uh, every game's a tough game. And I think what we were really good at last year was beating this, these teams, teams like this around us, like being St. Mirren's and Kilmarnock's and... Um, I'm not going to say St Johnston's, but Livingston's, yeah. and we were really good at beating these types of teams around us. And I think to to finish third and try and finish high up the table, I think that's what you need to do. Um, so I'm I'm hopeful for a Hibs win. I think um, again, I think probably two. No, I'll go. Th- I'll go three 0 I don't want to be boring. Same as you, three nil. Um, I'll go. Boyle, Nisbet, and I'll get Scott to get on the score sheet as well. We'll go with that. Looking forward to to being back. What about yourselves? Well, I'd say 2-0 Boyle and Nisbet, same as the Levy game. So, we'll go over the big man. Uh, Charlie, what what are you thinking for the St Mirren game and what are you thinking uh, for the big screens? I'm excited about the big screens, to be honest. Uh, That's uh, something that I've wanted at Easter Road for a while, so it's nice to see that they're there. And hopefully the other two corners can get filled in with screens as well, eh? But, like, Ken, I wonder... You do wonder, though, eh? Like, when away fans come, if they're going to rattle stuff at those screens. 
get so charged for them, eh? So. Aye, that's, that's what I'm thinking. I wonder who the first player to be to smack a screen. Paul Hanlon, I bet you, with a big clearance or something, I'll smack one of the screens and I'll be fucked. <laughs> but, uh, no, I'm, I'm excited. I really am excited to see them. Uh, I think it shows you it shows you how much uh, faith Ron Gordon's got in this club to spend that, mon- that money on new screens for the for the stadium. And that was one of his big plans coming in, to make it more modernised stadium. And, you mm. know, it's, it, it actually makes it, the, the stadium feel a bit f- fuller. Uh, with the uh, you know screens around the sides and it just it makes it a more twenty first century stadium. So I'm looking forward to that. Absolutely. In terms of the game, I think I think Hibs will Hibs will win comfortably. I think three one Hibs. Um, I think um, Boyle will score twice and I think James Scott will score. Um, I'm going to predict he's going to score every week till he does. So hopefully he scores before he leaves. Um, bye. I think I think three one Hibs. Um, just think it'll be, I think it'll be calm as you like. Yeah, I don't think so. I will cause us too many problems. You know, they went to Celtic Park and Celtic put six past them. So um, i confident we'll get the job done and we'll come here uh, still unbeaten and hopefully Hertz get beat this weekend and we can actually be morally above them in the league rather than just what they're thinking they are. So i really excited for the game. Be nice. My dad bought a season ticket after the live game. So it'll be nice to be in our seats together. So. Aye, it'll be good. Good, is he next to you, is he? Aye, right next to me and Jack, so... Uh, oh, good stuff, man, good stuff. Your so. folks shouting... Yeah, I can't believe he's bumped me to the other side of the stadium. Tell them, James. You've planned this. If you see the polis going up to a certain row, that'll be to kick the lot of you out. <laughs> and that'll be after oh. the that'll be after sit my ringo three and up and I go rage again and then I'll be that out. <laughs> That's Charlie ripping up seats. <laughs> Lunching at the fucking screen. Take that run, you are con. <laughs> uh, throwing throwing them at the dugouts now, nah, but um, <laughs> uh, this this less of that. We didn't want to we didn't want to gear no, away no. our plans. <laughs> so uh, well that's St Mirren, I think, like I said, a game we should win comfortably. So, like I said, congratulations, St Mirren, on your win after I've said that. But um, moving on to, we'll finish up on the kit numbers because we didn't actually have any listener questions um, this week. So. We've been so busy this week, mate. Yeah, we've been, we've all, all three of us have been real busy because um, we're all back to work and college and everything like that. But, um, so moving on to the kit numbers this week. So it's number, none's fans, I could be saying Germany, 29. Uh, so your choices this week are Stephen Norman, Notman, Stephen Fletcher, Dermot McCaffrey, Umar Kunde, Damian Gray, Curtis Byrne, Ross Caldwell, Frank DJ, DJ, Chris Dagnall, Brian Graham, Ryan Shanley, or Stephen Bradley. So I'm going to go first, and I've got to go with Fletcher. Eh? I've got to go with Fletcher because, I mean, come on, he was quality for us, especially in the season we won the CIS Cup. He's such a quality player, and I just think like he summed up that team. And of course, that's one of my earliest memories at Hibs is that CIS Cup winning team. Because obviously I'm 18, so I couldn't really remember Mowbray's team that all that well. So to be fair, that's like my first proper memory of a Hibs team. Um, mm. And I think Fletcher was just fantastic that season, and he really was such a key part of that Cup winning team. And I just loved him as a player. And obviously, he went down south, and he had a okay-ish career down there but I think he was brilliant for us that season and um, him and all those players in that team were just such such a good reminder of what we were back then and how much of a quality team we could be um, when we played our stuff and I think Ryan Fletcher was brilliant and then so I'll go to Charlie first who's your choice for the number 29 uh, purely based on the fact he scored a winner at Tynecastle it's going to be Ross Caldwell 
Um, mm-hmm. I think, you know, it was the as my first game at Tyne Castle, like I mentioned before, and uh, he scored the winner. So, aye, there we are, Ross Caldwell for me. But you're right, Jack Fletcher. I think that was about 2004 when he wore 20, uh, when he wore 29. Um, and that was when he was breaking into the team. And you could tell from an early age he was going to be a good player. Um, so, aye, if I was illegally to have a second one, I'd pick Stephen Fletcher. But um, Ross Caldwell for me. Definitely. I've got to go with you two as well. I'd probably say Caldwell. Uh, just because I think Fletch was a better number nine. Um, for me, Caldwell, obviously the Derby winner, he stepped up a wee bit that season as well. You know, there's a few times he had to... Uh, there's a few times that... It was... Uh, Griffiths was out for a period of time. I mentioned that a couple of weeks ago, and he stepped up, eh? And uh, he filled in the boots pretty well. And I, I liked him, eh? I liked Big Ross Caldwell, but he just seemed to be, like, another one of the Hibs players that had, like, fantastic talent, but was just a bit of a heat case as well. Mm-hmm. So for me, yeah, I, unfortunately, I do, I do think I'd have to say, uh, I'd have to say him, I. Yeah, definite. Um, I think there's some. There was a few good choices there. I didn't go with Caldwell because I just think it was a bit cliched, you know, the last minute winner in that. And I thought I'd be a bit different. I did like Fletch. I know he was a better number nine, but like I said, it's just that Hibs team's the earliest Hibs team I can properly remember. Uh, nah, but aye. So I think. That's us. That's us for this um, week, um, episode twenty nine. I think it was a good, good one talking about um, our nil uh, nil win at Tynecastle. It was excellent, um, and obviously a good, a good look at the girls. I'm never gonna, I'm gonna stop. I'm never gonna stop milking that. By the way, because all the jambo <laughs> relatives I have. But um, no, I think a brilliant four um, nil win for the girls against Motherwell as well. Um, and of course, we'll be at the women's Edinburgh Derby um, on the twenty ninth. So really excited for that. It's going to be a great game, and hopefully, we'll give the hearts a good scene test so thank you for listening folks um, and uh, that's it for us